welcome to the Focus on Customer Service podcast, presented by Social Media Today, where we talk to brands you know and love who are laser-focused on using social media to deliver amazing customer experiences. And now, here are your co-hosts, Dan Gingas and Dan Moriarty. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to Episode 20 of the Focus on Customer Service podcast. This is Dan Gingas, along with my partner in crime, Dan Moriarty, and we're very happy to have you back for another episode. Absolutely, and we're very, very excited to welcome Kriti Kapoor, who's with us today, who's the Director of Social Customer Care at Hewlett-Packard, otherwise known as HP to most people. Kriti, how are you? I'm very well, Dan and Dan. It's great to be with you guys today and this afternoon. Well, thank you for joining us. And maybe to start, I think it would be good if you could maybe talk a little bit about Hewlett-Packard. I know everyone knows who you guys are, but mm-hmm. most people really understand the, the breadth of services and products that you guys offer to your customers. I'd be happy to talk about that. So first of all, I just wanted to say it's a very interesting and exciting time in the journey of HP as a company. Last year, we hit 75 years since the time we were founded. We were the company that's synonymous with Silicon Valley. We started out out of a garage in the Valley, and uh, today we have about $110 billion in revenue. We serve customers in 170 countries around the world, everything from the desktop to the data center. And of course, HP is very well known for our uh, capabilities in the print industry, right? So that's, first of all, you know, just a, a quick introduction to Hewlett-Packard. What's happening on the 1st of November, so that's a few days away now, is that HP will be split into two companies, and that's going to be HP Inc. and Hewlett-Packard Enterprise. And out of a one-car garage, we're actually creating a two-car garage, and we're going to be founding two Fortune 50 companies as a result of the separation that's going to be happening a few days from now. So it's a really interesting and exciting time. And, you know, we've been heads down and focused on the separation while keeping our business up and running and serving customers across the world. That is a really cool time to be part of a company like that. And, Kriti, I'm also interested in you and your background. Can you tell us how you came to HP and maybe where you were before that? So I started my career as a technical sales consultant for a company called Digital, um, which then got acquired by Compaq, and that in turn got acquired by HP. So I worked in technical sales for probably the first five or six years of my career uh, in sales and, and in services delivery. Took a couple of years out to go to grad school, and I did my MBA at the London Business School and joined a small company called Dell at that time and spent about eight years at Dell in product marketing, product management, um, solutions marketing, and, you know, built a, a very successful career as a marketing professional. But, you know, about four or five years ago, I was, you know, starting to feel the itch and the urge. I could see the world around me changing and changing really rapidly. I was spending a lot of my time in the world of enterprise marketing and B2B marketing, where, you know, most of the work is done through engagements with uh, CIO audience or IT level audience. And we talk about, you know, the, the servers, storage, data centers, and, and that's the work that I was doing. And it, it got to a point where I no longer found that fulfilling, where I could see a new world emerging in front of me. So I left Dell and uh, started two of my own startup ventures. One was in the area of enterprise mobile apps, and the other one was an online learning platform, sort of mirroring Skillshare, but out in Singapore. Unfortunately, neither of those two ventures worked out for me, but that the two and a half years that I spent in the startup world 
really helped me understand just how important the value of having customers and serving customers truly was. Because as a startup, you don't really have the luxury of, you know, somebody else is doing the selling, someone else is doing the marketing, and someone else is doing the fulfillment. You've pretty much got to do everything on your own day in, day out. And no business is a business without customers. So I really got to appreciate and understand that. And plus, you know, started building my own profile and understanding and learning about social media and about mobile technologies and how the, the, both the convergence of both mobile and social technologies is disrupting the world that we live in today. And it's going to continue to happen. And then, you know, when the startup ventures failed, I went back out and started looking at opportunities and HP came knocking. They brought me back in into an enterprise marketing role in Singapore. And just about a year ago, I got the opportunity actually to move from Singapore to Silicon Valley and took on the lead role as director of customer care for social media for HP Inc., which I couldn't be more happier about. So I think it's really been a true breakthrough in my own career and the inflection point at which I am and the opportunity that, that's ahead of us and the transformation that I'm actually driving at HP as well. So are you specifically looking at it from a HP Inc. perspective rather than the HP Enterprises perspective? That is correct, yes. Yeah. So HP Inc. is all about our printing and personal systems business. Just to give you some context, right, HP ships one printer and 1.7 PCs every second. Wow. And that's to customers, like I mentioned earlier, 170 countries around the world. Where does the printers come into it? Are they part of HP Inc. or HP Enterprises? HP Inc. Not so, I-N-K, I-N-C. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. That makes way more sense. <laughs> I was going to ask for that same distinction, so I'm glad we got there. <laughs> so the printers, the PCs, the laptops, you know, all the services that go along with it and the support – all of that comes and becomes part of HP Inc. Gotcha. So you're basically breaking out the, the consumer-facing side of the business versus the, the more hardcore business side of the business. I wouldn't look at it that way because a lot of the business that we do, even in the printing and personal systems group, is to commercial customers. So we have consumers as well as enterprise customers that we sell to. So what I would look at it is more like printers and the graphics division that we have plus all the personal systems computing divisions that we have, that's all becoming part of HP Inc. Everything else related to the data centers, so servers, storage, networking technologies, the enterprise services group, the software that we have, all of that becomes part of Hewlett Packard Enterprise. Got you. Okay. So, mm-hmm. so then to bring it back to you and, and your role in, inside HP with regards to social customer care. Um, so, can you talk a bit about what HP Inc's social customer care program looks like and kind of what your what your day to day responsibilities are? Mm-hmm. We started the journey in social customer care back in 2008. So that was nearly seven years ago, and it, the journey actually started with the launch of our communities platform. We started realizing at a point, you know, customers were coming to us over the phone or they were reaching out to us over email or, you know, we had SMS-based marketing. But if any one of those sort of customer touch points failed, then 
customers didn't really have a place to go to to vent or talk about their experiences. Or if they had in-depth technical questions that they needed answers to, let's say they're installing a new version of an operating system on their new PC and going through an upgrade process and they wanted to go through, uh, they had some technical issues that needed to get solved. Instead of calling on the phone and trying to get somebody to walk through that, the more technical customer said, I'm happy to actually post a question on one of your forums that you've got or bulletin boards. And then one of our agents would actually respond. So that was sort of the genesis of social customer care at HP, where we started embracing the idea of community forums, looking at crowdsourcing, having customers actually helping other customers before we had agents getting involved and support agents responding to customers on the forums. The technical support forums that we have, we run them in seven languages all around the world. That includes English, French, German, Spanish, Portuguese, Chinese, and Korean. And there might be a quiz for both of you after this to see if you can remember that. And, you know, we have about 100 million visits, uh, unique visits that come to the site every year. These are customers, again, that are either helping one another or we have our agents that, that respond to customer queries. In the 2009-2010 timeframe, we started a journey and started embarking on creating branded presence on channels like Twitter and Facebook because, you know, there was an evolution that's, that's actually happening in the context of where customers are going and where they're having conversations about you and your brand and their experience, you know, with HP. So that compelled us and also challenged us to create that online presence, and that was a couple of years ago. And since then, you know, we started in English and now have uh, listening and response that's going on in eight languages around the world. So every month, there's probably about 100,000 cases that we manage through social media across the forums as well as other social media channels. Wow. And, I mean, that's a huge number. And given what I'm hearing you say – it's a complex business because you guys sell a lot of different kinds of products. So mm-hmm. tell us a little bit. I'm interested in two things. First of all, how do you ensure that your agents can handle such a wide variety of questions? My guess is some of which become somewhat technical. And then mm-hmm. also you were talking about the forums. And I'm wondering, since that's where you started, how have those evolved over time? And do those still play a really big role for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let me take the first question first, right? So, Our social care agents actually sit within the same contact center environment as where our phone and chat agents sit. You know, the social care agents, a lot of the work that they were doing before, you know, when we started the journey was around probably where most companies were, was around complaints handling, talking to irate customers who've had a a bad experience, and then, you know, just being able to listen to them, respond to them, and they knew like, hey, HP's here, we care, and we care about their experiences, and we're going to try and help solve their problems. What we've been seeing over the last sort of two to three years now is an evolution from just pure complaints handling and management to actually providing pure technical support. So when we hire agents into the team, we hire them, we hire agents who actually have a technical background, who are very well experienced in the world of chat, for example, because the medium is pretty similar. But we also then overlay social media training and social media etiquette training on top of that because they, you know, all of these agents represent our brand on a very, very public domain and public channels. And so it's really important that they understand the do's and do nots. And when dealing with sort of certain irate customers or certain sort of sticky situations, how do they handle that and how do they manage that? 
So having that integration within the contact centers and being part of a team where they have access to level one, two, three, four levels technical support helps them to address customer problems. The support forums, what we have seen is most of the customers actually come to our support forums are actually a predominant number of them are out-of-warranty customers. So these are customers who choose not to pay for a warranty extension or their warranty has lapsed. Sometimes, you know, people that come to our site also have products that they've owned for over 10 years. So I think it's also, you know, really interesting to see we're not just supporting something, you know, if you're an airline brand, you're just saying, hey, you purchase a certain ticket and that's what you're solving for. In our case, the, the legacy of the install base that we have goes to hundreds of millions of units and lapses over, over 10 years. <clears throat> that's where the support forums play a really important role. Website may not always have the most up-to-date information given the legacy systems or given the out-of-warranty customers that we have. And so there's still a very, very important role that the support forums play in our overall services offering that we have. And, you know, customers don't have to pay a cent for that. If they now choose to, let's say, extend their warranty or buy a a new unit, then we would make some recommendations and then, you know, have them call the right people or go to HP.com to complete their transaction or go into a retailer and get their products. So. I was looking at your pages on Twitter, and it's kind of interesting how you guys are organized. You've got your HP handle, which seems to do all the marketing and has, I noticed, an incredibly high clout score, which I want to come back to. But then you have HP support, and I like how you've done this. In the description, you list the hours of your HP support, which are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern. And then you refer people to the community support forum for 24-7 service. And I think mm-hmm. uh, we've talked a lot about this with other brands about whether 24-7 is necessary and is the demand there and how do you handle the cost and all that. And I think that's a really slick way of handling it that you guys have done, that you have very good hours on social, but you at least have another forum for people to go to if they need help outside of those hours. So kudos on that. Thank you. And by the way, I am continuing to look at our coverage hours over the weekends, over Saturday and Sunday. So, yeah, we, I'm still looking at that. I think that, you know, I'm certainly seeing an extension or a desire from customers for us to serve them on over the weekends as well. And the volume and traffic is going up, certainly not as high as it is during the weekdays. So I am working on right now and very soon we'll be offering further extended hours of the weekends just driven by customer demand and need. And, you know, Twitter is one of those channels where people are expecting almost near time slash real time response. But again, like you said, it's it's important that we offer customers a different route or an alternative to get help or support after office hours if they choose to go down that route. And what's your response times like on those forums? So they vary. I think what we do is the primary purpose that we have on the forums is that we want the community to actually self-solve first. So we rely on a certain number of experts that we've built, you know, an expert community that actually jumps in and responds to customers. If a customer doesn't get a response within 24 hours on the support forums, that's when our agents would come in and reply. So there's always a delicate balance in terms of at what point do you let the community serve itself? And everybody knows that the support forums are a peer-to-peer channel, right? And it's peer-to-peer 
support that happens. It's on a best effort basis. And then if nothing else, we also have mechanisms in place where our agents are also monitoring the conversations, we're moderating the conversations, and when necessary, we will jump in to help the customer. Got it. So actually, the 24-7 coverage is really from your community rather than from your agents. That That is correct. That is correct. That is genius way of covering. (laughs) Um, Do you guys, so talk to me a little bit more about these community-based experts who it sounds Mm -hmm. like are not employees. Are you paying them in any way? Is there any incentives? How are you getting these guys to, to do this for you? I spent some time with our experts about two or three months ago. We did a, a global expert meetup. We had we brought about 110 of these of these volunteers together in San Francisco for a meetup. And what's really fascinating is a number of these experts that we have in our program, they love technology. They might have been previous HP employees. They're committed to actually helping other people solve their problems. They spend anywhere from 8 to 40 hours a week of their own time helping other people. It's something that gives them joy as well, that they feel useful, they feel valuable or valued. HP offers them things like training that we do for new product launches. We offer them, a pre, you know, we have a product loan program so they get to try our new equipment for a year. And once they're done using that equipment, they have the opportunity to offer that piece of kit up to a charity of their choice. So they donate that equipment and we keep refreshing that. We just introduced gamification within our community. So it allows the experts to see where they stack rank and how they're performing versus their peers and how many solutions that they're offering. There's a sort of competitive as as well as a collaborative effort. And the goal always is to help people solve their problems. You know, that's what that's what we all live for day in, day out in customer service. And we want to make sure that customers get the answers that they need with the lowest amount of effort. And we do rely on our uh, community of experts heavily to help us with that as well, because we can't possibly, you know, given our scale, it's a real challenge for us to be able to scale uh, and deliver the kinds of service levels that we would want just on our own. Yeah, for sure. Sorry to push on the question again, but I'm really, really intrigued. Is there any incentives we're giving these guys or is it just, is it literally just There are no incentives, so we don't offer them anything. But like I said, what we do offer are things like product training, product loans, they get to be part of a community, they get access to HP's technology experts through our inner circle program. So those are the kind of things that we do to help nurture and keep our community of experts engaged. That is amazing. So Kriti, I know that you have a background in marketing and mm-hmm. you know we've said a few times on this show that customer service is the new marketing. And I'm interested in your thoughts on that and in particular how you've kind of used your marketing background in what is now a social care role. Yeah, I get asked this question a lot and I've been reading actually a lot of literature or research articles that also talk about services as the new marketing. And I actually want to disagree. I, what I actually want to say is that I think services is all about building relationships with customers. And it's about if we do a really good job and a phenomenal job with our service, we play a huge role in customer loyalty and retention. And word of mouth is the most powerful thing that you can find, whether it's looking at a, what movie to watch or what restaurant to go to, what food to eat, or whether it's what book to read or what technology to buy. Or And a lot of that really relies 
eyes on. And, you know, when products are somewhat similar, you know, you go walk into a PC retailer or a retail outlet and you see a plethora of PCs, which one do you actually choose from? The service experience is the thing that actually creates a differentiation. And what social media allows us to do is to deliver that at scale, at a scale that's unheard of, at a scale that's staggering. And, at you know, with the word of mouth, it spreads really, really quickly. So it's really important that we pay attention to what our customers are saying, to help them solve their problems, to show up as a company, to help solve their problems. It's completely unsolicited, but the customers then come back with huge amounts of kudos or thanks or I could have kissed your feet. Your service was so fantastic. Or why wouldn't my congressman respond as quickly as you did, HP? There's all sorts of things that show up that just make this such a rewarding experience for us. Like I explained earlier, when I was looking at my own career journey and where things were, from marketing, what I really learned was about value proposition. How do you position your products? How do you price your products? How do you get them to market? Doing roadmap planning, looking at just the, the overall communications around what you're getting, understanding consumer need, and, and understanding this whole wave of social media that's coming, right? And I think with the more interesting opportunity now that exists If you ask me today if there was any job that I would pick in any company, it would actually be in social customer care because there's a convergence of communications and technology and service at the scale that I'm, that I'm working on or, you know, companies like us would be operating on. That is just unheard of. And so my marketing background is also allowing me to understand the value of our brand, brand equity, protecting of, of HP's reputation, whether it's through online review sites or it's on social media channels. Bringing that language and that, that smarts into a service environment where, you know, our typical sort of customer support environment would be about number of phone calls that we've had, what's been the average handle time, what's been the first response rate, and the mechanics of with which we operate at that front, and bringing the social media language and intelligence and analytics into a service context. And so that convergence and being able to play now at the heart of where the magic's now happening in the context of support is just phenomenal and very, very exciting. Don't think you could find two people that agree with that more, Chrissy. <laughs> Anne and I are sitting here silently just smiling at each other if we were in the same room. Yeah, I can't even see you. I just know you're smiling, Dan. I can feel it. I definitely am now. Dig a little deeper into it. You talked a little bit about your brand background, your marketing background, giving you a sense of things like brand value, brand equity. And it kind of just made me start to think about how you guys are thinking about ROI with regards to your social customer care efforts. Anything you can share around that? Always an interesting conversation and an ongoing one. There's a couple of things that I can share with you. So when we are looking at our support forums, for example, we're obviously looking at our the health of our community. So how many customers do we have? How many customers are we serving? The contribution of our experts, because they are a volunteer pool, but what value it is that they bring to HP. And of obviously, there's investment that goes in into running and supporting our expert community as well. And predominantly, you know, we run a voice of the customer survey on our support forums. And we ask customers, first of all, are you in warranty or out of warranty? Did coming to the support forums, our forums, did it actually help you solve your problem? Yes or no? If the answer was no, it didn't solve my problem, where would they have gone next? Would they have called us? Would they have sent us an email? Would they have initiated a chat experience? And each of those touch points has a cost associated with it. 
So for each of our seven communities, seven language communities that we run across the different regions, we know and we understand what the cost per contact is for phone, for chat, and for email support, and now for social. And we build out our ROI model based on that. So we're looking at a contact deflection in addition to community health score. Right. Within social media itself, so looking at Facebook and Twitter, I think I'm still finding that a little bit harder and more challenging. Uh, I haven't given up on the desire to actually quantify the impact yet. The answer is not as easy to get to. I think a lot of companies around the world are trying to solve for the same issue. And even for communities, by the way, you know, when I speak to other companies that are running forums and, and peer-to-peer support. They are also trying to get to kind of ROI model. I think HP, we, we found a way to make that happen for us. On the social media side, like I said, I would be looking at things like pro agent productivity. So how many more customers can an agent serve over social channels versus phone support or chat support? I would look at at the um, economics of it. So ultimately, given the number of cases I can handle and the cost per agent, that gives me a cost per contact. So that's another metric that I would look at. And then the actual average handle time. So are there certain types of issues or types of questions that come our way that are solved fast over social media channels than over the phone or over chat? So those would be the three dynamics I would look at, the economics, the efficiency, and the expediency with which we would do this. That makes total sense. And Kriti, I want to move back just quickly to something that we brought up before when we were talking about marketing as well. And I mentioned that the HP handle had a really amazing cloud score. It's got a score of 92 on a scale of what I think is 99. Mm-hmm. And what that means, and I know there's a lot of debate about the value of cloud And I don't really want to have that debate now, but essentially what it's supposed to mean is it's an engagement score. And Mm -hmm. so, and as I look down at, at especially, uh, you know, on your Twitter feed, I'm seeing that you guys do get a ton of engagement retweets and favorites on, on most of your marketing. So I'm curious about the interaction of marketing and care at your company and and sort of how they work together. Because if you're getting that kind of interaction, then you're probably getting a lot of questions and service inquiries, you know, off of that marketing. Mm -hmm. And so how does that all work together? Yeah. So, you know, from a care perspective, we have, we've partnered. And for me personally as well, I'm very passionate about this, that we can't do what we do in isolation. In social customer care, I think partnerships broad and deep across the organization are critical to success, not just with marketing, but I would look at it together with IT, with our product teams, with our quality teams we have in place, with the rest of the services organization and support organization, as well as with marketing. So that's been probably one of the most interesting, fun, and challenging parts of the job is driving internal mind share and driving internal transformation across the organization, but from a social care perspective out, right? Having said that, I think our marketing teams have done a phenomenal job across the various social channels that we have. In the channels that we serve today, HP Inc. will have over 25 million followers across Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter Pinterest, Instagram, Sina Weibo, etc. And yes, we do see a lot of engagement around our content. Depending on who you speak to in the company, you'll get numbers like 30% up to 70% of the content or the engagement that happens from customers is actually a support or care related conversation. 
So, like I said, it depends. There's a big debate going on on what that exact number is. What we have done as a team is we partner with marketing and we look at what are the top channels that we should be listening in on. And then there is a handover process that happens. Let's say that a customer tweets to at HP and it is a support or complaint related problem. The marketing team actually says CC at HP support. Can you guys pick this one up? And we do. Right. So we have some rules in place about engagement. We also have a dedicated team in place for our executive customer relations or complaints handling. So if it's a technical support question, that gets picked up by our social care agents. If it is a complaint-related issue that needs greater and deeper attention, then that goes into our ECR or executive complaints handling or customer relations team. So it's a game. You know, I mean, you can imagine like, you know, it's like being on a football field and all teams and all parties have to work together to make this actually work and for us to be able to do it at the scale that we have and the opportunity that we have. That's so interesting. And I know Dan and I could continue this conversation for quite a bit longer because you guys are doing some amazing <clears throat> things. And it has been fun to kind of just sit back and listen to you, uh, Kriti, because we're learning a lot and it's really interesting stuff. Alas, we do. Thank you. Uh, no problem. <laughs> we it's do been need fun. to uh, to start to kind of hit our end, and so we always end with two questions. And I'll start with the first one, which is if you can tell us about a memorable social media interaction that you've had with a customer. It could be, you know, a happy or sad event or a funny event or something that kind of sticks out to you of the hundreds of thousands that you guys respond to all the time. <laughs> well, you know, there are some memorable ones that I can talk about and there's some memorable ones that I cannot talk about. So <laughs> I understand. <laughs> One day when we're sitting down and having a glass of wine or sharing a beer, I can tell you about the ones I cannot talk about publicly. There's a beautiful example that I would actually share that came up in our support forums a couple of months ago. And it was really a very interesting story, a very beautiful story that happened. A customer, this guy was a Cub Scout coach, had ordered a, a system from HP.com. He happened to order it around the Chinese New Year time frame. He had some kind of race that was set up where there were 70 Cub Scouts that were going to come together and he, he hadn't received his equipment in time and so he was obviously very anxious about getting his machine and his laptop across so he could bring the software over that he could run to monitor this very famous race that happens I forget what it's called but it happens once a year and so, you know, he came in into the support forums and he said, listen, you know, I've called your hotline. I've spoke, you know, escalated this up and down the support chain. I can't seem to get anybody to listen to me that I've got this problem. Can I not get a loaner equipment? Can you guys not do something for me? And, you know, what our agents were doing and, you know, they're doing their job. They responded to the customer and said, your machine is four days away or five days away. It's being produced and manufactured and it's going to come your way. So he came into the forums, you know, kind of explained his story and he said, you know, I'm extremely disappointed and I'm now going to be an ex-HP customer, you know, never going to come back. We picked up that case in the forums. We then escalated to our ECR team. We called the customer because he'd given us his details. We reached out to him, called him, spoke to him. 
track down his machine. Actually, in fact, it was literally the next day that he received his new machine. And also as a word in a way of saying thank you and for sorry for also putting him through the ringer, we sent him a printer as well on behalf of HP and said, hopefully, you know, a printer that the kids could take pictures with and then print out their, their photos live. So he was very appreciative of our efforts, the fact that we went out and, you know, went the extra mile to help solve his problem and got him his machine in time. So that's just an example of where how the various teams come together between the product teams, between services and our executive customer relations and the community to help solve uh, what was a very, very sticky issue. Great example. And for the final question, and the one I always like to ask, which is, I feel like like you, like most people that do this job, we all have come very different backgrounds and kind of come from very different places. And most of us start doing it without having done it before. Mm-hmm. So I always like to ask, and I know the people that listen like to like to know, if you could talk to yourself four years ago when you took this job on, what advice would you give yourself? Like, What do you know now that you wish you knew when you got started that would have avoided you making some mistakes along the way? So I think the biggest piece of advice I would give is don't wait. Get started. That's it my... doesn't matter how, how big, how small. It just doesn't matter. You just get started. Start with listening to your customers. You know, you can do Hootsuite. You can use TweetDeck. You can just, just, you know, if you don't have a sophisticated infrastructure, just start the listening and seeing what's actually happening. And that in itself is a huge wake-up call. I think I might have just fallen a little bit in love with you, Kriti. I say just start. Like, everyone focuses so much on figuring out every little micro element of it before they start something. And you just need to jump in. Just, just yeah. doing it. It's so you simple. know, it is actually really bleeding obvious and simple. I'll just give you another very quick example. When I came into this job, we were thinking about how is it that you know we have tens of thousands of people that work across customer services across HP. How is it that I'm going to find a way to get my message across that this transformation journey that we're on, we need to speed it up because we need to keep pace with the pace of change, with the number of customers that are adopting social media and really shift, get into third, fourth, fifth gear, whatever with our journey. And so we started a really simple effort within HP, two things actually. One was we we built out our command center. So we have have real-time feeds that come in. People get to see the traffic real-time, whether it's in the forums, Facebook, or Twitter, across the different languages. And some tweets are actually, you know, really, really angry tweets from customers or real complaints. And people, they said that, oh, my God, I can't believe that they, how could a customer say that? I'm like, well, they can say whatever they want to say. What I'm trying to do is just, you know, put up a mirror so you can get to see what the experience has been like. And a lot of the times there are also customers that are very, very complimentary of the work that we're doing and can't thank us enough. But just having that real, raw, unfiltered feedback and unfiltered look at what's happening is starting to win hearts and minds in the organization. And the second simple thing that I started was just an email that's basically the good, the bad, and the ugly. So we send out a weekly email to our entire executive leadership team that says this was a good tweet, a bad tweet, and a real ugly tweet or a Facebook post or whatever it is, you know, one of those examples. And then again, there's interest. Well, why did they say what they said? What can we learn from this experience? So it's starting to create, again, new conversations that didn't exist before. But just by doing some simple things like that and starting on the journey, it's it's going to be incredibly rewarding. And I really didn't think professionally I was going to end up in a customer service environment. You know, I was a marketing professional. I didn't ever think I would end up in CS. 
and in social, but I couldn't be happier. Great advice from Kriti Kapoor, who's the director of social customer care at HP. I particularly like that idea of the good, bad, and ugly email because I think a lot of brands are afraid to share, in particular, the bad and ugly. And they're very educational, and you can learn from them and do something differently the next time. So really good stuff. Kriti, unfortunately, we are out of time, but we are so happy that you joined us. Great stuff. I know that I learned a lot. So did Dan. I want to quickly thank Jay Bear for recommending you to be on our program. He's a big fan, and he's been a great supporter and has sent us some fantastic people to interview, including you. And I know that you appeared on Jay Bear's podcast as well, so our listeners should go out and hear that. And I want to remind people that we do have a hashtag on Twitter. It's FOCS for Focus on Customer Service. If you have brands that you've interacted with on Facebook, Twitter, or any other social channel and have had a really great experience, we'd love to hear about it and have them come on as well. So for Dan Moriarty, my British pal, thank you again, uh, Kriti, and this is Dan Gingis. We'll see you next time on the Focus on Customer Service podcast. Thank you, guys. Thank you for the opportunity. Thanks for listening to the Focus on Customer Service podcast presented by Social Media Today. Be sure to tweet your thoughts and nominations for other brands to be featured using hashtag FOCS and follow Dan and Dan on Twitter at DGingus and at I am Dan Moriarty. See you next time.